0: Harry not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... Go! Be the man! You gotta beat the man! The one This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Powers on Sports Podcast. We really appreciate it. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Before we get back to the episode, want to mention Titan Home Lending. If you have any Home financing needs in the state of Florida, reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending, 205 790 1404. I can help you with a home purchase, with a refinance, with a cash out refinance, with a renovation loan, a VA loan, FHA loan, conventional loan, and virtually anything in between relative to home financing. So reach out to me at Titan Home Lending. You can reach me on email at jpowers at titanhl.com. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers. Appreciate you finding us on the various podcast platforms that you may be utilizing. Google, Stitcher, Pandora, Apple, Apple. And all the rest. So, appreciate you joining us for another episode. Interesting week in the world of sports. NFL schedule was released. All the news around Tim Tebow. We have a little Triple Crown horse racing controversy with Medina Spirit and the Kentucky Derby and Mr. Bob Baffert. The episode tonight, we are going to do a little rant. We're going to make it short and sweet. We're going to hit on three topics. I'm going to give you some opinion on those three topics. And we're going to go on from there. Remember, reach out to me at Sports on Twitter. If you have any comments or questions, love to hear from you. Sports on Twitter. If you got any suggestions, I might have some sports content-related news to to a partnership we may be uh, announcing here soon with another entity, but we will let you know when that becomes final. I think there's some opportunity maybe to do something. We're going to collaborate with some other content producers and hopefully make the podcast better and hopefully expand our reach around the world. So, all right, let's get to First things first, NFL schedule was released. Opening night, Raymond James Stadium, Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to host the Dallas Cowboys on NBC with Michaels and Collinsworth. Pretty predictable that the Cowboys were probably going to be in the mix here to come to Tampa. Traditionally, the Super Bowl champions host that Thursday night. Cowboys with Dak Prescott coming off of his major injury last year. The ratings bonanza that the Cowboys always bring around the country. And obviously you have the Tom Brady defending champion uh, angle with the Buccaneers. Everybody back for the Bucks, A big time ratings uh, expectation here in Tampa for NBC. I think you'll see a huge rating there with, again, Jerry Jones should be a near capacity stadium if not full capacity down here in Tampa, Florida. So I think they did and NFL did a nice job there picking the Cowboys. The other logical possibility was potentially the Buffalo Bills who were on the Buccaneers schedule, but they'll be hosting the Bills later on down the road. Game number 2 that's going to have the whole NFL buzzing. Tom Miss Edward Brady returns to Foxborough week four Sunday night in New England. Belichick, Brady, Kraft, seven Super Bowls in Gillette. You couldn't have drawn up a better game. This is probably going to be the highest rated game in NFL history, regular season game in NFL history. You have to put it on Sunday night. Uh, Sunday night, in my opinion, has kind of taken over as the the number one primetime game as opposed to a Monday night. Back in the day, it used to be Monday Night Football, ABC, Cosell, Al Michaels, Madden. Sunday night has, in my opinion, has kind of taken the mantle as the number one primetime spot for a standalone game. I think the question you're going to have and people are asking is, should the game... have maybe been a different weekend. Is week four too early in the season for the game? Should the game maybe have been later in the year when there's some playoff implications on the line? I think it's a great time to do it. One, you don't you wanna almost you want to try to guarantee that you're gonna have no injury issues. The game's in early October, week four, the odds of, you know, Brady being injured where he can't play are probably pretty slim. You have the, the the question in New England, who's going to be the quarterback? Is it Cam Newton, Mac Jones? I think you could have some drama there because if the Patriots were to get off to a slow start, a 1-2, 0-3 oh kind of start, which is doubtful. But if they did, potentially you could have Mac Jones starting against Brady. Here's a nugget that's kind of interesting that I did not know until it was brought to my attention when the schedule was released. Brady is about twelve hundred yards or so away from passing Drew Brees as the all-time leading passer in NFL history, and potentially, if the guy throws for three hundred yards in four straight games, he should he would get, he would surpass that record potentially in Foxborough Sunday night, Tampa Bay in New England. What a what a what a game! What a, the anticipation will be off the charts, and such. So. Um, Several good week one matchups. You have Matthew Stafford hosting the Bears. You got the Ravens and the Raiders on Monday night. You got the Saints and the Packers. What's going to happen? Rodgers. Who's going to be the starting quarterback in New Orleans? Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. Cleveland goes to Kansas City. Rematch of the playoffs. So, a very good, very good week one schedule. Some monster games throughout the year. Kansas City and... Green Bay will play. you got some huge Monday night and Sunday night matchups that are going to be sprinkled throughout Fox, CBS, and ESPN. I think I saw an interview on, on the schedule show with all the uh, the primary commentators, Joe Buck, Nance, Al Michaels. They are all very pleased with the schedule they have. But again, Sunday night is the number one slot, in my opinion, for the NFL to plug some of these games in. And they did a nice job putting the Bucks, cowboys and then Bucks, patriots week four in the right slot. I like it. You don't want weather to be a major issue in that game either. If that game's later, November, December. You could have, you know, rain, snow, all that stuff. And I think the NFL wants to give the Patriots an opportunity if they choose to do it. Belichick won't do this, but Kraft may do some kind of, uh, you know, video uh, commemoration with Brady it will be very interesting to see how the Patriot fans embrace Brady as he comes out of the the tunnel for warmups and obviously for the uh, starting lineups and such. So awesome schedule release. I'm not all you know. People say what the the schedule release should be a national holiday. I don't know about that, but great good job by the NFL piecing together this schedule, balancing the schedule throughout week 8 remember they're playing 17 games this week with only one bye. Teams have byes as late as week 14, which is interesting, and as early as we, I think it's week 5 is the earliest. So from week 5 to week 14 you have bye possibilities. Remember week 18 there will no there will be two games that will be flexed from Sunday to Saturday. So you'll have uh, you'll have two Saturday games. You'll have a bunch of a, a full slate on Sunday, and then you'll have the Sunday night game in Week 18, which is typically a do-or-die situation for for both teams as far as playoff implications. And they usually put that game will typically be the last game on Sunday night. Will be a win in win in advance, lose and go home type of playoff game. So you've seen the last several years a division championship, you know, on the line, winners in, losers out type scenario, and I'm sure you will see that again. So, interesting that, again, 18 weeks. September the 9th is the opener. Raymond James Stadium. Hopefully your team got a good schedule. I did, you know, I have not looked at every team's schedule, but I'm sure there are some uh, interesting uh, scenarios where teams have multiple road, road games in a row. I did see that Baltimore... Out of a five-week stretch, had four home games and a bye. I don't know if I've ever seen that before, where they've had four straight home games in you know circled around a bye. You got some other good matchups. You got Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, uh, Zach Week One, Sam Darnold of the Carolina Panthers. will get to play his New York Jets in Week One. So good job by the NFL putting that schedule together. Last thing on, uh, let's hear from Aaron Rodgers, Aaron. You you you've kind of you leaked all this information about how you want out. You don't want to be there. You got teammates coming 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 on the on the record and saying, "Well, we think this is fixable," which means it probably is. Aaron, come you know come clean with what you want. Meet with the Green Bay Packers and let's figure it out either one way or the other. Um, remember on the calendar, June one is a big day in the NFL. The next probably big day because that's when the new that's when you can you can uh, some, from from a salary cap perspective you can transition some dead money to the to a preview, to a, to the future years if you cut a player after June 1 you have the ability to, to slice up some of the money that you owe somebody you can split it up over a over a couple year period after June 1 so again you may if you, if it if it gets to the point where it's a, where it's a major unfixable situation in Green Bay uh, June after June one will be the time that you would see something potentially happen. Blake Bortles in the mix in Green Bay? Are you kidding me? But you do have to have a, an- another arm for these mini camps. Most of these teams are going to have a mini camp in June, uh, late May, early June. Um, so you will see a mandatory mini camp happen here pretty soon. And I do think you'll see more and more of the players start to report for these OTAs here in the next couple of weeks. Because of the, you know, the young players need the reps. The young players need the money. The young players need the exposure. They're not all going to stay home just because the old 10-year veteran doesn't want to come to OTAs. So I think you're going to see more and more players uh, start trickling into these facilities to work out. You had the situation with Jawan James getting injured for the Broncos. Off-site, not at the facility. There's no guarantee that the Broncos are going to pay him his $10 million salary because it is a rule. If you get injured away from the facility, the team does not have to pay you your salary. Even if it's a workout-related activity, football-related activity, if you're not doing it at the facility, the team is not necessarily on the hook to pay your salary. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with Jawan James. All right. Let's transition to Tim Tebow. All the... The word coming out of Jacksonville is it looks like Tebow is going to sign, get signed by the Jaguars. This is not official yet. Um, Everybody's up in arms about why are we giving Tim Tebow a chance? He's been out of the game. He's transitioning positions from quarterback to tight end. Why are we so up in arms about this? What is the huge, huge deal that Tim Tebow, who's probably going to be the 87th or 88th guy on a roster. Remember, folks, teams can bring 90 players to training camp. They can bring 90 players to minicamp, off-season workouts. The roster limit is 90. So you're telling me we can't give a guy? I know he hasn't been in the game for in a long in a while. I know he's changing positions, but we can't give a 34-year-old Tim Tebow an opportunity to show that he can play, or maybe, or most likely that he can't play. We can't give him an opportunity to come to a minicamp. We're, we're all bent out of shape because he might be the 89th guy on the roster. Please. Urban Meyer obviously is giving him an opportunity because of their prior relationship. No doubt about it. But you're telling me, who? can you tell me who the second tight end is? tight end in kansas city is the answer is no can you tell me who the 88th player in training camp for the chicago bears is for the miami dolphins no so please let tim tebow come to camp he will quickly show everybody he either can play or he is overmatched there will not be a whole lot of probably debate quickly and if it's obvious that he cannot do it You can be assured Urban Meyer is not going to let Tim Tebow make that roster if it's clear as day that he's not good enough in that locker room. Because what he won't do is he won't blow up the locker room by keeping a Tim Tebow if it's clear, clear, clear that he can't play. Now, if he's marginally a second or third tight end, it wouldn't shock me if he could play, if he kept on the roster. Because again, Tim Tebow is going to to play on all the special teams. He's going to be an H-back kind of guy. He's going to be a guy that you can potentially use around the goal line as a wildcat, as a thrower, as a potential runner. And if anything, if he shows that he is at least marginally competitive blocking guys, because that's going to be the big key, is can he block linebackers? Can he block potentially a defensive end? If Tim Tebow can at least be marginal in that area and be adequate, he's going to get an opportunity cuz I bet he can catch the ball. He's not the greatest athlete in the world, but again, second and third string second and third tight ends aren't great aren't typically the greatest athletes either or they wouldn't be the second or third tight end. So, let's give Tim Tebow an opportunity. More than likely he won't make it, but let's give him an opportunity. You never know. Did we did did we kill George Foreman? Did we kill, if Terrell Owens uh, showed that at four, 37, 38 years old, he could still play, would we give him a tryout? How many opportunities have we given Josh Gordon after being suspended? How many opportunities were given to Alden Smith, who was out of the game for four or five years? And I know what's different. Tebow's changing positions. And granted, Tebow should have taken an opportunity four or five years to go to transition positions because he probably could be a pretty decent tight end if he had a little more time to work on his craft, to, you know, t- to learn the blocking techniques and those kind of things, I bet he could be a serviceable second tight end. And I do think he can be a, a pain in the neck for defensive coordinators when it comes to t- uh, goal line packages, potentially throwing the ball, things like that. If anything, if he makes the team, he's going to make the, the, the opponent's defensive coordinator spend an hour a week figuring out how to defend some of the things that he could potentially do. Again, is this guy going to be a Pro Bowl player, a star player? No. But guess what? He might be a, a good special teams guy. Have you ever heard of Larry? Did you ever hear of Larry Izzo? Great special teams guy. Larry Izzo. You don't think Larry Izzo and Tim Tebow aren't aren't pretty close athletically? Every team has four or five guys on their roster that are primar- are nothing but special teams guys. They don't have any desire to be in the rotation. The coaches don't want them in the rotation as a linebacker, as a DB, unless there's nobody left on the roster to play. And I could easily see Tim Tebow being a special teams guy and a gadget guy around the goal line. And again, if it makes the defensive coordinator for the other team spend an hour a week thinking about what Tebow could do, that's one less hour they're focusing on Trevor Lawrence and such. So I don't kill Urban Meyer for this. You know, guys in the locker room, you know, get up. Urban Meyer will take a beating as if it becomes clear that Tim Tebow's not good enough to be playing and he's kept on the roster. But I think Tim Tebow potentially could be marginal enough to be a second or third tight end, i.e. H-back kind of guy that could, could contribute in some limited packages for the football team. So give Tebow a chance. He's not taking a spot from anybody. He's not taking a spot from the 88th and 89th guy on the training camp roster. So please, let's stop all that. And Jacksonville needs some good publicity. So it ain't the worst thing in the world for Jacksonville to be in the news, us talking about Jacksonville and Urban Meyer. Last thing I'm going to talk about, Medina Spirit and the Kentucky Derby controversy. Medina Spirit fails the drug test after the Kentucky Derby. Bob Baffert, the dirty trainer, Allegedly doesn't know what happened How does it happen? I have no idea Goes on a media circus Telling everybody and their mother I have no idea how this happened CNN Goes on Fox, goes on ESPN Tries to get ahead of the story Doesn't know how this happened And all of a sudden, two days later He comes out and says, well It was in a therapeutic Cream that we applied We didn't know the steroid was in there Okay, sure, sure, Bob um, and that was the cause of the of the potentially the failed drug test. We're still waiting on the second sample to be run. He he, Medina Spirit is slated to be in the Preakness this weekend. Um, Bob Baffert has been banned from Churchill Downs, which he should be. My question is, why aren't more people in the media calling out Bob Baffert and not just tippy toeing around the topic? Call the guy out. He's been busted multiple, multiple times with horses that have failed drug tests. Not once, not twice, six, seven, eight times. He's, he's had big-time horses, failed drug tests at big events. Not all Kentucky Derby type events, I get it. But still, Baffert needs to be called out, and he needs to be dealt with other than a simple slap on the wrist fine, which is meaningless. Suspend the guy. Again, give him his due process. If the, t- if the test comes back as a false negative, then exonerate him. But if it doesn't, the horse racing community should nail Bob Baffert. The media should be all over him. Call him out. Question him. Make him answer the, the questions. Bob Baffert's n- no, no, no dummy. He doesn't have Tom, Dick, and Harry messing around with his horses on a day-to-day basis. He has his team training his horses feeding them, bathing them, treating them. So if these horses are failing drug tests, it's because people within his team are trying to manipulate, get around the rules and are doping these horses to some degree, you know? So call this guy out, especially if he fail if, if he, if he's, if he's convicted of this offense, I don't, I mean, obviously you can't blame the horse, but it's, if I feel bad for the horse he won a great race at the Kentucky Derby. You know, he's going to run in the preakness. Be interested to see how that goes on Saturday in Baltimore at Pimlico. But uh let's 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 let let's let's let Bob Baffert have it if he's guilty here. Let's suspend the guy for a year, fine him a million bucks, do what you got to do as a horse racing community and stop this nonsense because these trainers try to do everything they can to to you know, s- Juice up these horses to where they can run just a little bit faster, a little bit longer. All the things that go into lung capacity and all that kind of stuff and to, and to keep them healthy. And ultimately, these horses are the ones that have to suffer down the road when they break down because of the steroid and because of the drug use. So, call him out. Bob Baffert. Let him have it if he's guilty. All right. Thanks for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm Jason Powers. Have a great week. Enjoy the Preakness. Hopefully your NFL team has a good schedule. And let's let Tim Tebow give him an opportunity in training camp and minicamp. It will be very clear, very quickly, whether Tim Tebow can play or not. Give the guy a chance. It ain't hurting nobody. And if he doesn't make it, he'll get cut quickly and we'll move on. Okay? Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Powers on Sports Podcast. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review. Talk to you later. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at JPoSports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.